This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. I'll tell you what. I, I just don't get it. There are times I just don't get it. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This is one of those times. Canty this morning, I'm watching Get Up, seeing Todd McShay. Todd McShay has his newest mock draft out there. I'm excited. I'm already getting loaded up into draft stuff. Very excited because I love the NFL draft. And I hear the unthinkable, the unthinkable this morning from Todd McShay. And to be clear, this is not the first time I have heard this sentiment and I want to get your immediate reaction. Personally, I would take Bryce Young if I was Chicago. I don't think that's going to be the decision that they make. I think they're going to move back and and take advantage of the fact that you you have Houston at two, Indianapolis at four, Las Vegas at seven, uh, seven, I believe, Carolina at nine. There's a bunch of teams that want to move up. How far back do they move? We'll find out. But I... I would do it because I, I would want Bryce Young because I think he's an upgrade over Justin Fields, and I want his rookie contract so I have five years. But I don't think they're going to wind up making that decision, which means they're going to move back with one of these teams. Canty. First of all, I think this is, this is wild by McShay. You're talking about moving on from a known quantity in Justin Fields and rolling with a projection in Bryce Young, a player who you admittedly said there is some concern for injury because of his stature. You're talking about a quarterback that's under six feet tall, and he's under 200 pounds. So, And, and we have an expanded regular season, 17 games. So I, I, I don't understand why you would want to take the risk, even if you think from a talent standpoint that you know Bryce Young – you know, is a a better quarterback in a traditional sense than Justin Fields, there has to be the concern about durability. Herm Edwards said it best. Availability is the best ability. We just saw Bryce Young deal with an injury this past season. He had he had a shoulder, he got dinged up a little bit, he had to sit out and miss multiple games. So why why are we supposed to dismiss the possibility that that could happen in the National Football League, and you could talk about a player missing extended portions of the season just based on his size. So there's that part of it. The other aspect of it that doesn't necessarily hold water to me, Carlin, is the fact that you would talk about trading Justin Fields, who's already going to be three years into his rookie contract, as opposed to trading the number one overall pick and that guy would have five years on a rookie salary. Well, if you're a team and you've got a trade for either or, wouldn't you think you would be willing to give more to the guy that's got the longer runway at controllable cost? I know I would be. Knowing what quarterbacks are going to be making moving forward, $50 million and up, I would want to have a quarterback that's on that rookie wage scale as long as possible. Carlin, the most valuable commodity in the National Football League is a starting quarterback on a rookie contract. If you're a team that's desperate for one of these young quarterbacks, why would you just give away two years of that by trading for Justin Fields rather than trading for the number one overall pick? You wouldn't. So to me, you're going to get a lot more in terms of assets for your franchise by trading the number one overall pick than trading Justin Fields. It but that, just doesn't make any sense. But that's not the reason why I'm doing it. The reason why I'm doing that that's an that's an offshoot of why I'm doing it, an added benefit of why I'm doing it. The why I'm doing it is because I know Justin Fields can play. And I know where he's headed. And I have a great feeling about what he is already. 
And there's no need for me to go and take a shot on Bryce Young when I have that known commodity, as you were talking about earlier. The known commodity is worth more than the five-year contract stuff. And I get it. I understand all about the quarterback on the rookie deal. You know what else I understand? Mm. That the salary cap in the NFL is expanding. It is getting bigger. It is a $220 million coming in to next season. And I know that Justin Fields, who has already rushed for 1,100 yards in a season, who has already put up numbers that are virtually identical to what Jalen Hurts did in his second year, and Justin Fields did it with a lot less to work with than what Jalen Hurts had in his second year when he took them to the playoffs and they lost to the Bucks. I already know all of this about Fields, and somehow... I'm supposed to give up on him already? Why? Because I want a couple of extra years of the contract? Like, that's not a – you're right. To me, that it, it makes it the more beneficial to trade that because other teams will want it. But if they want to trade me Justin Fields, I'll line up for that too. I'm good for that. Yeah. If they would... want to make that mistake, that's on them, and I'll go and capitalize on it. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, we both believe in, in Justin Fields' ability, and we think in the projections and the analysis by Todd McShay, there's some inherent bias because most evaluators lean toward that conventional mold of quarterback, guys that are you know traditionally known as pocket passers with some degree of athleticism, guys that are you know much more proficient as throwers as opposed to the quarterbacks that we've seen that have shown themselves to be not only focal points of the run game, but focal points of the passing game, too. Quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts, like Lamar Jackson, like Josh Allen to some degree, and Justin Fields, those guys force opposing defenses to play 11-on-11 football, but there's a serious question, Colin, about whether you can have sustained success with those guys because of the injury concerns, because they're contacting more than traditional quarterbacks are, and we haven't seen quarterbacks of that ilk win the Super Bowl. We just haven't. I mean, the closest we got is Russell I mean, Wilson. Craig, I'm looking Can't, the other day. <laughs> yeah, what, 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 what that, but, that, but Carlin, the, the doubters will say that Jalen Hurts didn't get it done. Now, I think and I, took, I would say to the doubters, the biggest play that Patrick Mahomes made the other day was with his legs. But you understand what I'm saying, yes, Carlin. Yeah, it's, and it, I know, just think when, they're wrong. People, people, <laughs> people look at the Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes mold, and they say that's what a franchise quarterback is because traditionally those are the quarterbacks that win Super Bowls. But what they're failing to acknowledge is that we're in a different era of the NFL with the quarterback protections and the rules slanted toward the offense. Quarterbacks that can get those free yards with their legs gives you a decided advantage week in and week out. And that's what Justin Fields has the potential for, much more so than Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, for that matter. So that's why I don't understand why you would do it. I think you flip the number one overall pick. You get a lot of draft capital that you can then use to infuse this roster with talent around hurt, around, around fields. And then you have the potential to go out in free agency with $90 million and get even more top-end talent. So to me, I, I don't think the Bears should think long about this. Now, is this Brian Poles playing the game and trying to drive up the price for the number one overall pick in order to get compensation back? Maybe, but just to suggest that the projections of Bryce Young are so strong that you would actually consider making this decision is wild to me. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we want to hear from you on this. Should the Bears trade Justin Fields? 
and go ahead and draft Bryce Young or trade the number one overall pick. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're opening the phone lines now. We'll get to them here shortly. Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. We turn... Back to the NBA, ESPN senior writer Brian Windhorst, of course, of the Hoop Collective podcast, is with us right now. Wendy, it's Chris Carlin and Chris Canty. As always, we appreciate it. And let's just start here. And these are two words I don't love throwing around, but Canty and I were talking about it a few minutes ago. For the Lakers tonight, going into the All-Star break, is this a must-win already against the Pelicans? Of course, Canty was talking about the Lakers. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'd have to have to say so because um, if when they're playing these teams that are in front of them in in the play-in competition, they just can't let these opportunities pass. And um, they're at home, uh, and you know they're playing a weakened team. This this uh, Pelicans team has really not been very good for the last month. This is a game that if you're going to actually move up and not just have the potential to move up, you have to win. And they had a really nice win without LeBron in uh, Golden State uh, over the weekend, and they followed up with an absolute egg in Portland. And they just don't have margin for error. Like, their roster is definitely much better constructed around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I I believe if this team had this roster at the start of the year, they would be in the top six right now. And that's not even that much of a compliment because, you know, if you're four, three games over 500, you're in the top six right now. But they played 50 games with a very flawed roster. And the Anthony Davis injury and some of the LeBron injuries knocked them back. And so they don't have margin for error now. And the fact that LeBron is dealing with this extended foot injury is making that all the more true. Wendy, now the Lakers came up off that first round pick that they've been holding on to the last couple of years in order to move Russell Westbrook. They got Vanderbilt, they got D'Lo, they got Malik Beasley. Is this just the core for this stretch run this season, or could these guys play a role in the roster construction in future years for the Lakers around LeBron? Well, they're hedging a little bit because these guys all have maneuverable contracts. Uh, uh, Vanderbilt has a very low deal. You could trade him again instantly. Uh, Beasley has a team option, so they can keep him or they can they can let him walk if they need to clear the space or they could trade him. Uh, and uh, Russell is a free agent at the end of the year. Um, uh, I think that there is some interest in him extending his contract, but I would be very careful doing that. Um, uh, even though that would keep them off the free agent market. Uh, so they want to be able to have optionality. They want to be able to keep these guys or move them out if there's a free agent like possibly a Kyrie Irving who would want to come into their cap space. One of the problems that happened with this team, and there was a couple, but when you commit to a $47 million player in Russell Westbrook, who was basically a, fail, a failure, you end up, you get left with, you know, basically the last couple of years, they were. They had seven, eight, nine guys on minimum contracts, and those guys are available on minimum contracts for a reason. Now, they hit on a couple. They hit, like, you know, this year, for example, they hit on Thomas Bryant, who they ended up trading. Uh, last year, you know, Malik Monk was a really nice signing for them. They, they got at low dollars. But you can't build a roster when you've got three, four, five guys in your rotation that are minimum players. And so what they've done now is they actually have some guys, you know, on 
their depth chart that are true contributing players. And so that's why they were so they didn't have anything left to trade except those draft picks. They didn't have anything on the roster to trade. All they had left was the draft picks and guys on minimums and, and praying somebody would take Westbrook. And so they now have a way forward. Even if they end up retaining all these guys, they can still look at changing the team because these players will have value uh, more than the minimums they were trying to shop around the last couple of years. Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA senior NBA writer, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Heard you this morning on Get Up discussing uh, D'Angelo Russell and Kyrie and the future there with the Lakers. Is how would you evaluate that right now as far as Russell staying long term versus Kyrie joining the Lakers next offseason? So Kyrie gave an interview this week uh, when he got to Dallas, you know, when he joined the team there on a West Coast trip. And he, he asked the media to please not ask him about his future. And I think it was an earnest thing for him to say. He was like, I don't want it to be a distraction. Um, I, I, I want to focus on right now. But it wasn't, you know, the backflipping situation that you would want to hear. Now, Kyrie's credibility on his future isn't good anyway. If he had come out and said, oh, man, I love this. I want to stay here. You could point to what he said when he was in um, Boston. You could point to what he said earlier this year when he said he was going to play throughout play out this season. He doesn't have credibility when he says it. So I guess I'll give him points for for at least trying to be honest. Um, but it was a reminder that he hadn't, you know, totally bought into the concept of being in Dallas. Now, I, if you had to ask me to guess what's going to happen to the Mavericks, I think that they're going to rise up in the things of a very favorable schedule after they come back from the All-Star break. Tonight they play in Denver, the hardest place to play in the league right now. But they have a favorable schedule when they come back. I expect them to go up in the rankings and, um, you know, be a contender. I don't think they can win the, the West because I don't think they have good enough defense. But I expect them to have a moment or two with that juggernaut offensive uh, attack. And so I think there's a good chance Kyrie's going to want to be there. I think if you're planning right now for the Lakers, the most important thing you can do is if you sign Russell to a contract extension, what I mean by that is don't even let him get to the open market. You can do that deal with any time between now and June 30th. It doesn't have to be during the season. It can be in the first two months of the offseason. Do not sign him to a contract that is not tradable. It has got to be at least somewhat team-friendly. And if he doesn't want to sign that, wants to go out in the market, I'll wish him luck. But the last thing they need to do, they just got out of the corner that they painted themselves into with Westbrook where they took on a huge salary for a polarizing player. Well, well uh, D'Angelo Russell is a polarizing player. He, you know, he, he looks great some nights. He looks average other nights. There are teams that would not want him on a, on a big contract. That was one of the things that happened um, in how he got to the situation he was in. He's making $30 million. He is in, not, in my view, a $30 million player. He's a $20 million player, maybe. So that would be the thing. If, if they decide to lock him in, do not, do not sign him to a contract that you cannot trade literally the next day if you had to. Wendy, let's talk about the other team that calls the Crip home. I mean, should we believe that the Clippers are title contenders or are they frauds again? (laughs) Well, I will say this. Kawhi is looking better. He's showing his teeth again. Um, You know, against the Warriors uh, two nights ago, he had a brilliant shooting game. Um, When he first came back, you know, he had that setback. The the, the Clippers never said what it was. He missed, you know, like a month out of the gate. Well, you know, it's obviously his knee was still bothering him. And I didn't think he looked fluid in uh, in December. Well, I think he looks fluid now. And so, you know, they are getting more potent. Now, 
they're a little bit worrisome that they have the way they've done their roster, they don't really have a lead point guard. And you go look at the history of teams for success in the playoffs, you don't have a lead point guard. It's not a great history. That said, they do have a lot of multi-talented playmakers. Paul George is one of them. They just traded for one. And Eric Gordon, certainly Kawhi can do that a little bit. And the other night, they had like 38 assists or something. I mean, yep. it can be done. Um, you, again, you're asking them to do something, though, that they haven't been able to do, which is stay healthy, stay focused, stay resilient for you know two months. So yeah, I have to I have to look at them and admire their talent, but you're asking me to believe in a team that has never done it before. So I would stay away from that until I see some more. Last one for me, Brian Windhorst, ESPN senior writer, uh, senior NBA writer with Canty and Carlin. That's the Suns and KD. Uh, Brooklyn has blown it up. Uh, the ashes are falling for the end of this, and we're going to hear from KD for the first time tomorrow. So, kind of evaluate how this whole thing. Uh, ended up and KD's chances here in Phoenix. Yeah, I, I, I think this is a real potent team. You know, um, first off, they were 15 and six to start this season, and then they got really badly injured. Chris Paul got hurt, Devin Booker got hurt. They had some other issues with their team, and they backslid and they looked terrible. But that 15 and 16 was still in there, and now they have acquired a top three player who is an absolute difference maker, and they are going to pair him with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. You are not going to stop that offensive attack. Meanwhile, they have done a really good job of backfilling their roster um, with other quality players. They, they went out and signed Damian Lee in the offseason. He is only leading the NBA in three-point shooting. Uh, during this recent stretch, Josh Okoji, another free agent pickup, has been terrific as a wing defender. I think he's going to be their fifth starter when they bring Durant in. And then they just... You you know, probably have the win of the buyout season so far, winning the, the, the battle to sign Terrence Ross. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what he'll do for that team, but that is an adding another quality player. Um, I think they are going to be very, very potent. This is not a like the Lakers or the Mavericks who are trying to, to constitute something from scratch. This team won 64 games last year, and they were on pace to be in the mid to high 50s and in the, in the lead the West this year before they got hit with those injuries. If KD is KD, and the one thing we know about KD He unfortunately had quite a few injury issues in his career, but he always comes back, immediately contributes. It's amazing the way he is resilient uh, coming off of injuries. And so I expect them to be very potent, and they are definitely the team to me that I am going to be watching in the West the rest of the season. Wendy, we appreciate it as always. Thanks so much for a few minutes. Enjoy your day. You too, Brian Windhorst, ESPN, senior NBA writer. Listen, (laughs) As much as it kills me to say it after everything that just transpired, it, it is going to be entertaining to watch Phoenix here in the postseason. No it's, doubt about it. Oh Can you God. imagine a series between them and Golden State in the playoffs, Carlin? Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> that, that's gonna, that, that would be fun. I would love to see that firepower on full display. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app in just moments, should the Bears trade Justin Fields and keep the number one pick and draft Bryce Young? Or is everyone nuts? We're going to hear from you. Your opportunity lines are open at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. How it all will affect Derek Carr as well. That's on the way next on ESPN Radio. 
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. A lot of people chiming in on Justin Fields and whether or not the Bears should actually trade him and draft Bryce Young. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, let's roll. 888-SAY-ESPN. We start in Chicago with Javon on ESPN Radio. Javon, what do you think? Absolutely not. Um, lifelong Bears fan, um, franchise quarterbacks, don't. You know, they're not easy to come by. We got one. He's shown us what he can do with an absolutely atrocious roster, and uh, we're proud of him. We just want to keep seeing him thriving. Um, I think that that would be the worst decision. And if they did, in fact, trade Justin Fields, I'll probably never watch another game. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, you could say that now, but if Bryce Young turned out to be amazing, you probably would. But that aside, Canty, what I don't get is trading the young known uh, quantity. Yep. For the completely unknown, I, I just don't get that. It makes no sense to me. No, it doesn't make sense, Carl. And, and to Javon's point, like it's hard to find franchise quarterbacks. Even if you have premium picks, even if you have the number one overall pick, there's no guarantee. Carlin, we can go chapter and verse on the draft bust at number one, number two overall at the quarterback position. Even looking back to the 2021 quarterback draft class, Carlin, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, that's about it as of right now. Zach Wilson at number two for the Jets was a bust. Mac (laughs) Jones, people are still on the fence about. Hell, we don't even know anything about Trey Lance. Uh, I mean, so you you keep looking at it. A couple of years ago, you had Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. We'll see what happens with Tua and Jordan Love. But really, Carlin, in a good draft class for quarterbacks, you're talking about two guys being really, really good. That's about it. Like, you don't have a lot of the 2004 draft class where you get Phillip Rivers and Eli Manning and Ben Roethlisberger. You don't get the 1983 quarterback draft class very often. So why would you take the risk when you have a guy in Justin Fields that that is trending toward becoming a top 10 player at the position going into his third season? It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Chris, if they want to make that mistake, you know what team should really get involved on it? The Jets. The Jets should absolutely be knocking on the Bears' door if they are actually considering trading Justin Fields. You want to screw that up? You want to give us a do-over and give us the chance to take to get him now, even though if we have to give up a ton in return? I'm on it. Let's go. Kevin in Illinois next on ESPN Radio. Kevin, what do you got? All right, real quick, a couple things. One, I think we're missing the point, is we got to look at the Bears as a whole. Of all the 32 teams, the Bears only at the end of the day care about, care about the balance sheet, not titles. 
Bryce Young is not as good as Fields, so that's two. Three, to you guys' point earlier, all the draft picks, what were seven of ten of number one picks being superstars. So I think at the end of the day, it's not whether or not if the Bears do it, because I think they will, because that's just what they do. And I'm 44 years old. I've been a Bears fan since day one, and we've done it for 44 years. There we go. Look, they haven't had their guy for 44 years, though. That, that's what I would argue with you. Like they thought they've had him a couple of times, but they've been wrong. This time, they're not wrong. They've got their guy. Can't what if they had a quarterback that had this kind of talent since Sid Luckman? Did they have missed that? They haven't. They haven't. I mean, may, maybe you come close with Jay Cutler in terms of just physical talent. I mean, but but that was a lot of potential that was never realized with Cutler. With with Justin Fields, you're seeing flashes of it. The guy threw for 17 touchdowns and ran for eight more, and oh by the way, rushed for 1,100 yards. I forgot I mean, about the Mike Tomzak days. Oh, <laughs> come on, man! Like, I, listen, th- this this guy is the guy. You can build around him and have high end success because we're seeing teams build offenses around quarterbacks that can be focal points of the running game. Jalen Hurts just took the Philadelphia Eagles to the Super Bowl in year two as the full-time starter. Lamar Jackson has won a road playoff game and an MVP. Those are quarterbacks of similar ilk. Josh Allen is a focal point of the Bills running game, and they've gone to a conference championship. So I, I, I just don't understand why talent evaluators, scouts, coaches, general managers are hesitant to go that route and build around a quarterback with a unique skill set like Justin Fields. It just doesn't make sense to me. Nate's in Iowa next on ESPN Radio. Nate, are you trading Justin Fields away? No, not a chance. If it's not broken, don't fix it. And like Canty was just saying, what, what box does Stroud check that Fields doesn't? Fields has the mobility, the arm, the quickness, he can play on script, off script. I mean, look, if you go back and watch the tape of last season, we're in the Bear. I'm a lifelong Bears fan. We're in those games strictly because of Justin Field. If there was anybody else around him, like if you guys brought up the Jets a minute ago, yeah, let's mess with the Jets. Go ahead and throw him that first pick for Sauce Gardner. Get, get somebody on the defensive side. Get surround him with a couple receivers with some other draft capital. And, well, the Jets aren't drafting a quarterback, them. to be clear about that. They want, a, they want a known commodity at this point. But when you're asking about what does Bryce Young have, I mean, this is where I have trouble with the whole concept. Take a listen to Todd McShay, ESPN NFL draft analyst this morning on Get Up. The biggest concern is can he stay durable and healthy throughout his career? But I think he's a smaller version of Patrick Mahomes. The presence he has in the pocket, the ability to feel pressure coming, the ability to make to see the whole field and make all the throws with really good touch and timing, he's, a, he's different than all these other guys. I sit here and I watch tape over and over again, and I, Will Levis has a great arm. Anthony Richardson is the most physically talented. C.J. Stroud had an unbelievable career at Ohio State, but Bryce Young is different. I mean, I'm sorry, two things. Number one, let's not throw Patrick Mahomes around in any comparison with anybody who hasn't played an NFL snap yet. <laughs> number we got to cut that out. <laughs> number two, the very first thing he said, the biggest concern is durability. Then what are we talking about? What are we talking about at that point? Yeah, I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure what we're talking about. It just doesn't make sense to me. I, I mean, we know Justin Fields can stay healthy. He played 15 of the 17 games last year, and at the end of the season, they decided to put him in bubble wrap because they had seen enough. So I, I just I don't understand why you would move on from Justin Fields, a big, strong, athletic quarterback with a howitzer for an arm for Bryce Young because you think that – I don't know. He he could be. I don't know, Carla. I I can't justify it. It just doesn't make sense to me when you when you factor in the injury concerns that come along with a player like Bryce Young. Let let let's let it. Let, we got to put this out there. Bryce Young had some injury concerns down at Alabama. He yeah. missed time because of an injury. And you're talking about the SEC. A lot of those guys are going to be playing on Sundays, but it's not playing in the National Football League playing in the collegiate ranks. And so you have to worry about the injury concerns with somebody that has a slight build. He's under six feet tall. He's under 200 pounds. Size matters when it comes to the NFL. Don't don't let anybody fool you. So I think that's one of those things where you worry about, and that to me would lean me toward keeping Justin Fields. I know what he is at the NFL level. I've seen him play and, and do some special things in his second year as a full-time starter, I, I wouldn't be—I wouldn't be even remotely entertained by the idea of trading Fields and drafting a quarterback number one overall. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, there are other quarterbacks on this carousel that we are not discussing nearly enough about, including one who's about to get franchise tagged. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Change my mind. I don't mind changing takes occasionally. Probably about a month ago, I was very high on this, and now I probably would dial it back, admittedly. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, and that is on Jimmy Garoppolo. Canty, Mm. if I'm a team like the New York Jets and I need a quarterback upgrade, as much as we've seen Jimmy G have success before, it boils down to the availability thing. And this guy just keeps getting hurt. And if I'm one of those teams that is really – at least on the outside, looking like a team that is not far away, and that is going to be the difference-making quality. Just a quarterback who is solid and available, that knocks me out of Jimmy Garoppolo now. Well, let me ask you this question. Of the quarterbacks that are scheduled to be free agents, where would you put Garoppolo? I think you have to slot him in right under Derek Carr, No. 
I mean, are we, in are terms we of, talking in about terms Aaron Rodgers in the discussion as a trade? No, 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 no. I'm not talking just about Aaron Rodgers because you're going to have to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Just talking free about agents. Strictly free agents. I mean, yeah. Daniel Jones is going to be out there. You've got uh, your, your boy from down in Baltimore, Snoop Huntley, that's going to be out there. In terms of those guys, those players, I would say that Jimmy Garoppolo is the second best quarterback that's scheduled to be a free agent. Um, during during uh, the start of the new league year. And so I, I think he's the guy that you fall back on if you don't have any other better options, meaning there's, there's their cars off the board. Aaron Rodgers is not available. Lamar Jackson's not available. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the next guy that you turn to. And although it might not seem like, you know, this is a player that you want to bank on in terms of what your 2023 season is going to look like, you certainly could do a whole lot worse because at the very least, Jimmy Garoppolo is a competent quarterback. So I I think if you're one of these teams that's going to swing forward and go after Aaron Rodgers or go after Lamar Jackson, the guy that you're probably going to end up settling on if you don't get one of those two is going to be Jimmy G. The only problem with that is when it comes to Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers specifically, those deals are going to take a little bit longer to materialize, and you might not know whether or not those players are going to be available at the price you want at the start of the new league year on March 15th. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Would I actually want Ryan Tannehill just because I have a little bit more belief that he's going to be available? No. No, 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 no. Can I, can I sell that to – and the only person I have to sell that to is myself. Yeah. Like, when I'm evaluating this, Tannehill's decent. At his best, he's decent to okay. He's better than what I have. If I'm going to pick between Garoppolo, who I don't know if I'm going to have, and Tannehill, who prior to this season, at least the last two years, played every game, maybe I have to consider it. Considering the weapons I have to work with, maybe I do. Uh, You know what I'm saying? I I don't know. I think Tannehill, well, both of them are are passengers more than they're bus drivers. Um, But when you look at the resume, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a little more accomplished. Certainly, he's played in a Super Bowl. Ryan Tannehill has not. I mean, he had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter against the Kansas City Chiefs and Pat Mahomes in 2019. Now, they ended up blowing that game. But at least you could say he was the quarterback on a team that that got to that point in the season. So if your goal is to have championship aspirations, I feel much more comfortable that Jimmy Garoppolo gives me an opportunity to do that as opposed to Tannehill. Because if I'm being honest with you, the injury concerns are plenty when it comes to both players. I, I don't know about what their health is going to look like moving forward. Ryan Tannehill is 34 years old, man. Guys don't get healthier as they get older. I mean, outside of Tom Brady, that's just an outlier. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yes, like, so, I do. So I don't know if Jets fans. I mean, talk about a rock in a hard place. <laughs> yeah, if, if they strike out on Aaron Rodgers and there's no Lamar Jackson to be had and you don't get Derek Carr, do you want Jimmy G or do you want Ryan Tannehill? I, I think I would side with rolling with Jimmy G and crossing my fingers and hoping that he doesn't get hurt. Well, you mentioned a pretty big name right there. What tells me it's going to get ugly here with the Ravens and Lamar? Because I don't think Lamar's backing off this anytime soon. I think what he did at the end of the year was the right thing 
Even if they thought he could play, even if he thought he could play, he didn't think he could play at the level where they wouldn't be holding it against him. Yet, now they will hold against him the fact that he didn't play late in the season when they are talking about whether or not he's going to get a fully guaranteed contract. This is going to get ugly, it feels like it, doesn't it? Oh, I think the relationship has soured. And the part that's interesting to me is how folks out there will say that they don't know if there's a fully guaranteed deal out there for Lamar Jackson. Well, listen, if there is a fully guaranteed deal out there for Deshaun Watson, there's going to be a fully guaranteed deal out there for Lamar Jackson. People act like Deshaun Watson didn't have any injury concerns to speak of in his career. Did they miss the part where he tore his ACL in his rookie year and he's already had several knee reconstructions? Did we we miss that part about Deshaun Watson? All I'm simply saying is this, Carlin. If the Baltimore Ravens don't want to give him a fully guaranteed contract, somebody that's quarterback starved, (coughs) Atlanta Falcons, will absolutely Mm -hmm. do it. Uh, And there's no question in my mind that they would be right to do it. And I know it scares people with speaking of injuries, but it also doesn't scare me when it comes to the level of player that this is and the fact that he's already won an MVP. I'm absolutely going after that. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.